The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention states that one out of every four older people, meaning 65 and older, falls every year, but less than half tell their doctor. One out of every five falls causes a serious injury such as broken bones or a head injury. There's also a tremendous cost associated to falls. Dr. Robert Katina from the college's sports science program is the director of the Gait and Posture Biomechanics Lab, and he says that while the CDC highlights older people falling, there's another demographic whose falls can injure not just one person, but two, potentially more. Dr. Katina explains. Covering all aspects of teaching and learning, educational leadership and psychology, kinesiology and sport management, it's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here with Robert Katina on Education Eclipse. And Dr. Katina is the director of the Gait and Posture Biomechanics Lab. He's also an assistant professor at WSU in the sports science program. And uh, Dr. Katina, thank you so much for, for joining us today. We're interested in this Gait and Posture Biomechanics Lab. First of all, it's a mouthful. So break down the, the name of the lab and what it is basically that you do. So my training is in biomechanics. Uh, biomechanics is essentially taking mechanical principles, physics principles, and applying them to the human body. So how do we move? How do we move when we're doing various activities? Uh, how do uh, different populations move? Um, do they have particular balance issues? So the gait and posture part uh, gets at the balance. Uh, balance is my particular area of interest. Uh, we study balance while people are walking, while they're standing still, but also when they're doing daily activities that might lead to more balance issues. I think everybody understands what posture means. Your mom tells you, you know, sit up straight. Um, back in the old days, the teacher might have used a ruler, you know, on you. <laughs> if you weren't sitting up straight, so of course, the good posture. Of course, ergonomics, uh, I know that I, I have a terrible posture here in my office too often. But explain what gait is. Gait is essentially uh, how we move around uh, during our daily activities. Typically, we think of gait as walking. That's our most common form of transportation. But gait can also be running. Uh, gait might be uh, turning around, moving, uh, moving from one end of your office to the other end of your office. So, and, and just for those that might want to look this up, GAIT is spelled G-A-I-T in this instance. So just throw that out there because it's what we do. We, we give information. So I'm really interested because recently you were able to take some of our advisory board members and give them a, a tour or a display of your your lab in progress, show, showing them what it is that you do. So um, kind of explain what your research is that you're doing through this GAIT and posture biomechanics lab. Um, and why is it important? I mean, why do we need to do research on gait and posture? So in general, the research is all around human balance control. How do humans maintain balance in uh, daily activities, uh, in uh, special populations? How do we go about quantifying balance? Uh, that's even a tricky issue. Uh, what are the factors that go into balance? Uh, there's numerous factors. Uh, they might be mechanical. They might be uh, psychological. Uh, along with that, emotional or cognitive. Uh, they uh, might balance might be perturbed by our daily activities. Uh, maybe like f think about. 
coming across an icy patch on the sidewalk and having to negotiate around that or over that. So that's what our lab studies is everything balance related. Now, more specifically, uh, we have one large research project going on right now where we're in the midst of collecting uh, a number of different participants' data. Uh, That is a pregnancy balance control project. We are interested in looking at, right now we're at the very beginning, looking at ways of quantifying balance in a pregnant population, uh, which hasn't been done before. From there, we're looking at uh, determining how balance changes monthly during pregnancy, but we're also tracking them postpartum. So after giving birth, do do pregnant women ever regain that normal balance that they had prior to being pregnant? Uh, From there, we're, uh, we're starting now to transition into looking at the daily activities that pregnant women are Uh, doing and the potential loss of balance during these daily activities. Think of uh, picking a child up uh, if they already have a child. Uh, Think of uh, performance at the workplace if they're uh, maintaining their uh, job while being pregnant. Um, And from there, there's just a number of different things that we can look at. Um, Our long-term goal with this project is we want to be able to provide a clinician, an OBGYN, a clinical tool that they can assess the fall risk of their pregnant patients. From there, they can individually uh, uh, look at ways that the pregnant individual can potentially uh, mitigate the balance loss factors that are potentially, uh, potential, uh, potentially risky. Uh, towards falls, uh, and uh, there they might uh, hopefully you know, reduce fall incidents in, a, in the pregnant population. For some populations, when they fall, of course, there is a lot more adverse effect. It's more detrimental. Talk about some of those risks with pregnancy specifically. So falls are actually uh, one of the leading causes of emergency room visits for pregnant women. Um, they, maybe it's, uh, some women are just going into the emergency room because they're overly concerned after a fall. Cause you know, think about it. There are, there are two lives at risk, uh, during a fall in a pregnant population, as opposed to one life uh, in every other population. Uh, but also, th- uh, falls are a leading cause of need for cesarean section, uh, low birth weight, uh, injury to the unborn child, but also injury to uh, the mother, musculoskeletal injuries, or maybe even worse. So uh, that's that's kind of our uh, reasoning for going towards this uh, towards this uh, research project. Now, you talk about giving um, OBGYNs a tool. Now, I think of tools as a, a shovel and an axe. So what kind of tool are you talking about that, that they would be able to use? It would be informational, uh, like a series of tests that they go through, or would it actually be something tangible that they use? So uh, taking a step back, just think about how uh, a doctor might assess balance now. Um, their best tool is their eyes. They have to rely on visual inspections of balance, and that's not always reliable or consistent. So what we're hoping to do is uh, develop uh, actual physical tools, potentially, or balance tests that they could do uh, within a pregnant population. 
but also were looking at developing a computerized uh, assessment. They could enter a number of different numbers, a number of different factors into a, some spreadsheet that they have. And from there, uh, the software will uh, output essentially the fall risk, the overall fall risk for an individual. But uh, even more important, I think, than overall fall risk is the where um, amongst all these different factors, where are they really at risk of falls? Maybe it's their daily activities. Maybe not. Uh, maybe it's uh, an abnormal uh, mass distribution within the within the patient. Um, maybe it's uh, attention uh, uh, attention deficits. Uh, there's just a number of different factors that can go into balance. And when you're a physician and uh, having to remember all the different factors that could potentially affect balance um, without a clinical tool, without a, without a spreadsheet right there, uh, then that can be difficult for, for some clinicians. So we essentially want to dumb it down. You know, just in, input the numbers. Here's the checklist. Input the numbers and let the software kind of spit out the potential fall risk. And then use uh, your clinical expertise, the doctor's clinical expertise, uh, to really discuss uh, each particular factor. And maybe they can uh, potentially lower the risk for their pregnant patient. No, you're, you're obviously not just a data center. You're not taking data that's out there. You're, you're a lab. You're doing research right now. So our lab measures real-world motion. We bring in patients. We bring in pregnant individuals that uh, agreed to participate in our study. So even though I look pregnant, I don't qualify? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Um, maybe for one of our other studies. <laughs> um, but no, we bring in uh, pregnant women uh, that are willing to uh, participate in science, uh, um, and we have plenty of them around this popular in in the Pullman area. Uh, we bring them in, and we're looking at just kind of uh, within the population how uh, does balance change. Uh, so we're getting real world measures of balance. Uh, then we take that information and determine uh, from there where we develop our software, develop our balance assessment tool, whatever it might be. As far as visually, if somebody could, using their mind's eye, see what it is that, that we're doing to ascertain, you know, that their movement, what are you actually doing with them to collect that data? Okay. Uh, we're using a very accurate uh, measure of uh, human motion. It's the same technology that the movie industry uses uh, when they develop animated characters, you know, how they put all those uh, little reflective markers all over the individual. Um, you maybe have seen this and then they overlay an animated character like Shrek or someone on, on, yeah, on, on top. Uh, well, that's a real human moving um, in those and they just overlay a computer uh, animated character on top. Uh, we don't overlay a computer animated character. We don't need to go that far, but uh, we're interested in essentially human movement. And so that's what we do. We take that same technology and we look at uh, how humans are moving uh, during various tasks. And those tasks would include, you know, walking, would it be squatting? Well, like what, what all would that include? 
So uh, w one of our first forms of measuring balance is just standing and walking uh, that we performed in this particular research project with uh, pregnant patients. Uh, now we're getting into uh, more functional activities that they're doing that might be squatting down to pick something up, uh, reaching up high to grab something off of a shelf, uh, standing up from a chair, sitting down into a chair. Uh, some of the daily activities that could potentially uh, lead to a loss of balance in a fall. How's this getting funded at this point? There's an incredible amount of technology, as mentioned, that is in the lab. So the initial funding for this, and, and then how about ongoing funding? Is that a source of, uh, you know, something that you're looking to continue to, to receive from certain specific sources? Or how could a listener uh, want to help if they were interested in this? So the Gate and Posture Biomechanics Lab was initially funded when I came here by the College of Education. Uh, they put in a lot of money into this technology. If you think the movie industry doesn't go cheap and this lab is not cheap. Um, so we're very fortunate to get that uh, a large startup package to fund this initial uh, lab. It allows us to get this, uh, get this research going. Uh, since then, we've been funded by a couple of grants internally to the university, one through the College of Education, uh, but one also at the university level. And uh, those, that funding goes into not necessarily the technology that's being used, but just to uh, recruit participants, um, to get lab assistance in, to help out. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Uh, we're funded just well enough to uh, be able to perform this research, but we're always looking for more funding. Uh, we're applying to national grants, uh, state grants also. Uh, unfortunately, nothing quite yet, but, you know, we'll just keep plugging and chugging and, you know, we, we'll hopefully we'll hit on one of these grants. It's, it's a hard thing. You know, nationally grants are funded at a 10% rate. So, you know, think for every 10 grants that we put out, uh, we can really only expect to get maybe one funded. Um, so it, let's just say best case scenario, you get something funded. What's the future of the, the research, research and, the, and then the services in your lab, you know, with we'll just say unspecified amount of money, but a, a nice little package. So if we're funded uh, with a grant, then that means that we have a specific project in mind that we want to go towards. And uh, that granting agency says, yeah, we want to fund that. Um, and so that might be uh, uh, continuing on with this with this project. Uh, ultimately, like I said, we want to get at this fall assessment tool. And, uh, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Uh, this is down the road sometime. Like I said, there's a number of different factors that go into balance and we got to look, we got to research all these individual factors and the potential risk uh, that they uh, that they provide towards a fall. But uh, there's also, we're also looking for uh, just private donations too. Uh, private donations uh, will allow us to uh, be a little bit more flexible, uh, allow us to uh, continue on with the pregnancy project, um, but also expand out a little bit. Maybe we're able to uh, get a research technician and we have tons of data right now. It's just a matter of uh, getting the help needed to uh, to go through all that data um, and then continue on with other projects. 
Uh, so maybe funding goes towards a research technician in the lab. Uh, maybe private funding goes towards something else. One thing that we're particularly interested in is uh, developing a uh, running clinic here on campus for, to, uh, for, to provide services to our community uh, and all the runners in it. Um, we can, uh, we're thinking of something where we can do assessments on individual running styles, uh, look at uh, pre and post injury uh, and maybe uh, rehab uh, towards a uh, normal running style again after injury. Um, for that, we're, we're looking at uh, getting funding for maybe some special treadmills and or, and or uh, again, uh, research technicians to just allow us to do this. Now, I know that kinesiology has done a pretty good job getting students involved in that research. You, of course, have a graduate assistant um, or maybe even an undergraduate uh, helping in your lab. But what's your approach to getting students involved in research? Because oftentimes they leave with uh, with scholarly experience, but not really a research uh, experience. Yeah, so uh, my lab right now, it's really 100% scientific research. Uh, we're not uh right now providing services uh, to the community, although we could potentially go that route uh, with the running biomechanics clinic. But um, because it's uh, such research focused, uh, the students that are coming into the to, into my lab, I'm pretty selective about who comes in. Um, not just because I think that I, I want the highest quality student, but I also want to provide the highest highest quality research experience to them. Uh, so uh, we don't have a, a lot of students. I think we have maybe uh, seven or eight undergraduate students right now. And uh, because we have uh, so few students working in lab, they can really take on a larger role in getting involved in research. I'm really what I expect when students come into the lab that they are motivated enough to really take on a portion of the project themselves. And that ultimately helps us in the lab, but it helps them. It helps them get uh, scientific uh, conference presentations, helps them get published perhaps, and really helps them, uh, no matter what their career path, uh, whether it be science or be clinical later on, uh, really helps them understand uh, their job. Dr. Katina, thank you very much for for this overview on both the lab and your research. Uh, Anything else you wanna add? Uh, nothing else that I can think of, but I really appreciate the opportunity to come here and speak. I can think of something. You're you're obviously slouched over and very comfortable right now. Your posture is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll look to correct that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dr. Katina, joining us on Education Eclipse. And if you want to uh, know more about Dr. Katina's lab, you can visit him on the web at labs.wsu.edu slash biomechanics. This has been another edition of Education Eclipse. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.